This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. Uh, you can find us online, winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're on it. Go check it out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. Let's jump into today's topics. Uh, we're going to go through the lawsuit that was filed against the NFL down in New Orleans. Kansas City's defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton, was fired. Cejudo beat Dillashaw Saturday night at the UFC on ESPN Plus event. We're going to talk about the meetup on Sunday. Went pretty well. And I've got six college basketball picks for you. Uh, I went seven and four over the weekend. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Uh, let's go on and jump in. First one up. Lawsuit filed against the NFL over the Saints-Rams no-call. Uh, points bet in New Jersey refunded all New Orleans Saints bets. That's absurd and unheard of. Uh, and they didn't give their money back. They just gave them credits towards a another bet. So you're still spending money with the sports book, but you get a bonus, right? That's pretty unreal. I was a little bit surprised by it. Um, Let's talk about the lawsuit, though. The lawsuit was was crazy. Uh, a lawyer in New Orleans has filed a petition on behalf of New Orleans Saints fans against Roger Goodell, the NFL, and NFL Properties, the league's marketing arm. Uh, this is over at the Action Network. It's really short, but it says everything you need to know. The petition filed by attorney Frank D'Amico, I guess that is, on Tuesday asks for a judge to force the league to reverse the no-pass interference call by Rams defensive back Nikel Roby Coleman on Saints wide receiver Tommy Lee Lewis and at least restart the game from that point to its conclusion per Goodell's powers in Rule 17, Section 2, Article of the NFL Rules. The law says a judge can compel an organization who does business in the state to follow its own bylaws if customers in that state are damaged. There's no doubt people have been damaged, uh, D'Amico told the Action Network. Damages include past, present, and future anguish and emotional trauma, loss of faith in the NFL, loss of enjoyment of life, and distrust of the game. Uh, now, it says, while the league hasn't publicly admitted that they made the wrong call, Saints coach Sean Payton said he's t uh, he spoke to Al Riveron, the NFL senior vice president of officiating after the game, who agreed that the call was botched. Any apology the NFL gives is a hollow apology. We want the league to follow the rules, bring the teams back, and put a minute 49 on the clock. Because short of that, no one believes this year's Super Bowl means anything. I'm a little bit shocked, and at the same time, I'm not. Right? This was an egregious error. This was, uh, people feel cheated. I am one of those. I did have money on the Saints. But sometimes calls get missed, and it is what it is. They're not going to bring the teams back out. The Super Bowl has been set. Travel arrangements have already been set. It is what it is. The fact that there is something in the bylaws that says that Goodell could have them come out and replay the game from a, a an egregious error is unheard of to me I yes it is a, a, a life-altering play a legacy altering play it it definitely puts into question the Super Bowl 
If you think people aren't going to watch the Super Bowl, you're nuts. They just do. They're, they're going to watch it. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, I, Yes, it's okay to be completely and totally upset over something like this, but it's not like this is the first bad call or no call that has cost a team, right? The Saints had multiple opportunities, but yes, this absolutely did cost them a Super Bowl because at that point you get first and goal and you run out the clock. Now, you'd still, even if you just take a knee with the Rams having one timeout, there's still some time left on the clock. The Rams could have come down and scored, etc. Chris and I will get into the recap on this later. But, yeah, this was, uh, this was about as bad as it gets. Um, I, I don't know which way to lean on this is absurd or maybe they should actually do this. I wish they would do it. The, the talking points on that would be out of this world. You give the Saints first and goal with a minute 49 left, and, and what you do is you bring all of these teams, these two teams back out, all these players, all these people involved in the game for three knees and a field goal try and a kickoff and maybe a couple plays. I would love it. Like, it would be absolutely riveting to see what happens. Because it, you never know if the Rams are going to get maybe a Hail Mary or whatever. It, it won't happen. It's not going to happen. But man alive, could you imagine if it did? Could you imagine? Uh, let's move on from there. The the next topic. Oh, actually, let's stay on that one. The change in NFL rules that they're talking about, about making pass interference reviewable. I'm 100% for this. The Canadian Football League does this all the time. A couple of years ago, there was an article in USA Today in October after Julio Jones was interfered by Richard Sherman of the Seahawks and the Seahawks got a 26-24 to win, go back and find that article because it is it, it explains it perfectly. The CFL has it set up where you can go back and review whether or not it was pass interference. They had reviewed 50 of them, and 18 of them were overturned. So if you give, like rather than just reviewing the call and not leaving it up to the coaches, Make that something that the coaches can call a, or throw a challenge flag on, right? That makes it that much easier. You don't have to stop after every penalty or non-penalty. You don't have to do any of that. Just leave it up to the coaches. You know Sean Payton would have thrown the flag there. And if he's found to be right, then they get the ball. Make that a reviewable play. That's all you got to do. Simple enough, right? Simple enough. All right, now from that, on to the next one. Kansas City defensive coordinator Bob Sutton fired today on Tuesday. Here's my question, right? If they make the Super Bowl, like if the coin flip goes the other way and and the Chiefs come down and score a touchdown, does he get fired? Like after the Super Bowl, whether they win the Super Bowl or not or whatever, does he get fired if they win, if they lose, whatever? I I would side with maybe. I I don't know. Um, they gave up ninety four plays, five hundred twenty four yards, and thirty six first downs to the Patriots. Only one of those first downs was by penalty. So thirty five legit defensive third down or 
first downs given up. That is insane. And the perfect game plan to keep Patrick Mahomes off of the field, right? Just in the first drive of the game was a thing of absolute beauty where they take 15, 16 plays, whatever it was, take eight minutes off the clock. You're already up seven to nothing before the Chiefs ever see the ball. And then you get the Chiefs to go three and out because they hadn't gotten warmed up. They haven't, I mean, they don't have the kind of offense that can do that. So they have to hit big plays in order to score. And then it's another, it's the end of the quarter before they ever get the ball back. So part of this was on the offense, part of this was on the defense. But yeah, I'm I'm curious if he would have been fired had they actually won the game. If the coin flip goes the other way and the Chiefs go down and score, does Sutton get fired whether they win the Super Bowl or not? I don't know that he does. I think if you got a winning thing going, you keep it going. But as soon as something goes bad, yeah, at 94 plays, 524 yards is really, really bad in an NFL game. 94 plays in an NFL game is insane. Uh, Rex Ryan is a potential replacement. That's interesting to me. I would love to see this. Rex Ryan and Andy Reid on the same sideline. I mean, give me a break. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Topic number three. Henry Cejudo beats Dillashaw Saturday night. This was a fun watch. ESPN Plus did a good job. The UFC did a good job. This was a, a fun card. The uh, the Hardy and Alan Crowder fight was just complete crap. Hardy is not an MMA fighter. Uh, he's a puncher. He, he should have gone into boxing, I think. Um, and you could tell his temper got the better of him, and, and he didn't know the rules. Or if he did know the rules, he just completely forgot them I, I don't know what happened but uh but yeah the Hardy thing that aside the Cejudo fight great watch very interesting to uh to check out uh I don't know like I I think they should have let the fight keep going the stoppage was was absurd that was just dumb like why are why are we doing this um here we've got somebody that chimed in on YouTube no don't change the rule I'm a Rams fan they botched it but that call didn't cost them Again, if you're going to talk about that play, uh, how about missed face mask call on Goff that would have put us up? There's a ton of missed calls in every game, but none were as egregious as this one, right? In the Kansas City game, the uh, the call on on Brady, where it was uh, a personal foul, you know, late hit on the quarterback or unnecessary roughness, whatever it was, that 15 yards was instrumental in them winning the ball game. So, yes, there's a ton of them, but but when it is this open, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm cool with them making it reviewable. I don't see any problem with this. And so, uh on to the uh, the Sahudo thing, back to that. Uh Sahudo, I don't think they should have stopped the fight when they did, but I I do wonder him winning that way, does this make him a star? Does this make him his personality showed well in the pre-fight stuff. He talks well. He's got a lot of confidence. I don't know how much people are into 125-pound fighters. I just, I don't know. And I think that's part of the reason why flyweight was being discussed as possibly being gotten rid of. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think he's a star the flyweight is is still going to stick around that division. Uh, UFC showed well, and I like 
I like the ESPN Plus format. I think it worked out okay. I'm a fan. Uh, topic number four, the meetup at Hollywood Casino on Sunday went really, really well. For those of you that were there, uh, and I had some some good friends come out, Terry and a few other people, uh, we, we had a good time. We enjoyed it. Hopefully, we're going to be doing that again. Uh, Hollywood seemed to enjoy it, and I thought it went extremely well. So we did have an hour show beforehand. You can go back on YouTube and watch that. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Next time we do one, we want you guys to come out. It, you can ask anybody that was there. It was awesome. Uh, we had another comment on YouTube. No, he isn't a star yet. I think he needs to fight TJ again with a good ref. I agree with that. I don't know that TJ is going to come back down to flyweight. I, I think he had more trouble getting down to 125 than he'll let on. Everybody talked about, ah, it was easy, it was fine, whatever. Going from 135 back down to 125 is tough. Uh, if you're going to do it again, you got to get Cejudo to go up to 135 to Bantamweight, and then we'll see what happens. At that point, they can fight for TJ's title, and then we'll see who wins that one. So I'm, I'm a little curious one way or the other uh, what's going to happen with, uh, with that because I don't know who Cejudo fights at this point that's going to be a bigger name than TJ Dillashaw. I just I don't know. But we'll see. Let's uh, let's jump into the college basketball picks, and then we'll get out of here. I got six of them. So let's do this. Pick number one, Villanova. And these are the numbers that I got. I got some of these late last night, some early this morning, uh, one this afternoon. So these are the numbers that I have them at. Check your line. See if it flows what you want to do. But this is what I'm doing. Villanova plus one and a half at Butler. Nova's won six straight. Butler has lost four of their last seven. Now, they have won two in a row. But Villanova, in conference, in the Big East, looks unbeatable. They are rolling teams right now. I'm not betting against them. I'm going to take Villanova to win that ballgame. Pick number two, Ole Miss plus one at Alabama. Ole Miss is the better coach team. They've got the better guards. College basketball is a guard-driven game, just bottom line. And I think that Ole Miss will come out and win this basketball game, even though it is in Tuscaloosa tonight. Pick number three, Fresno State minus seven and a half against San Diego State. San Diego State is terrible on the road. Now, they've only had four road games. They have lost the last three all by double digits. Uh, Fresno is great at home, and they have been absolutely spanking teams. They, they rolled on Boise State in Boise over the weekend. I like Fresno State minus the seven and a half here. Pick number four, I've got the under 136 on Bowling Green against Eastern Michigan. Bowling Green can put up points with anybody, but here is the secret to this game. Bowling Green's offensive efficiency against the zone is the bottom 25% in the country. Like, they're, they're ranked lower than 300 in that. Uh, and Eastern Michigan plays the, the Syracuse matchup zone. So, uh, and not to mention Eastern Michigan's pace of play, number 350 in the country. So I'm going under the 136 on this one. Uh, pick number five, under 121.5 on Texas Tech at Kansas State. Look, Texas Tech, number one defensive efficiency in the country. Kansas State, number five. Texas Tech, number 113 on offense. And number 180 for Kansas State on offensive efficiency. I like the defenses a lot in this. I think they're going to be matching up all over the place. Take the under 121.5. That one opened up at 119 and then got bet up. Now, going over or under 121.5 is a little bit scary, but not when I expect both teams to score in the 50s, right? So we're going to stick in that one. 
And then pick number six, I'm going under 135 for Indiana against Northwestern. Indiana is just in a dog slump right now. Uh, Northwestern has scored in the 50s or 60s. They haven't scored more than 68 in a game, and that was only one game in their last six. They've scored closer to 60 in every game. Uh, the, the pace of play is 216 or worse for both teams, and both of the defenses are pretty pretty damn good. So we're going to roll with the under 135 in Indiana at Northwestern. As always, you can get the picks over at winningcureseverything.com slash gambling-picks, or just go to winningcureseverything.com and click on the gambling picks uh, section up in the navigation bar. You guys know the deal. You can get us over at winningcureseverything.com. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Help us out. We will see you guys tomorrow.